Hello and welcome to the Behind the Bra podcast, brought to you by Barbells for Boobs, where we want to redefine the standard of breast health care and improve the quality of life post-diagnosis of breast cancer. I am your host, Diana Hansen, and the founder of this incredible organization. Thank you for tuning in today. Right in front of me, I have Deanna Henderson, a five-year breast cancer survivor, mother of twins, and a very proud snowboard mom. She also homeschools and she's a CrossFitter, which we'll talk about as we share her story. Welcome. Thank you. (laughs) We also have the twins here with us in the building. So just wanted to, you guys want to chime in, say hi to the people? Hi. Hi. Give them your names. (laughs) Twins, guys. (laughs) Okay, you go first. My name's Violet. Violet and Annabelle, homeschooled guys. How old are you guys? Nine. Nine. Well, welcome. <laughs> welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. You've got to so have a crazy schedule being a homeschool mom. So I appreciate you all making this a part of your curriculum today. <laughs> <laughs> they were excited to be here. Something different. Something different. So you're local here. Yes. We're very we're fortunate. In Long Beach. You're in Long Beach. Where I'm from. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> so I could tell with your style, she got a really cute hat on, guys. I was like, she's got style. She's she's from somewhere cool. Obviously, Long Beach. <laughs> Deanna, who are you? <laughs> what a question. Welcome. Who are you? Know, where did you where you where did you grow up? Where are you from? What's your, kind of give us a background on who you are and where you come from? I grew up in Huntington. Okay. So I didn't go very far, but I did spend one year in Vegas. Very fast year. Mo- that's most people's story. <laughs> right? I was in Vegas Glad for it wasn't about any longer. Six <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I designed hotels for a living and I was doing all of the Vegas jobs. So I was flying to Vegas twice a year. So I ended up moving to Vegas. My husband, too. And we bought a house. The economy crashed. Came back, moved to Seal Beach. Um, and then got pregnant with the twins. <laughs> so and it all so worked out. Do you still design hotels? Yes, I do. In your spare time. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm picky on the job, so I just take like one or two hotels a year. Right now I'm working on a spa, which is really exciting. I've never done a spa before. Where's the spa gonna be? It's in Tucson, Arizona. It's part of a Hilton. And you design it? Yes. You create the like experience of entering the- it into where you get your massage to like you're going to design yes. everything everything that's what's cool. out at the pool I've never I've never met a hotel designer you are my first oh cool <laughs> <laughs> so how did you hear about barbells reviews how did how do we get connected with you um when we lived in seal beach I was working out at beach fitness shout out Alex at beach fitness <laughs> love her yep and then um I think it, that was the, the year I got diagnosed was the first year they did barbells for boobs at that location. And so five years ago. Yes. When you were diagnosed. So twins are nine. So they were four. Can you share with me kind of what was going on in your life, who you were the day before you were diagnosed? The day before I was diagnosed, I had gone out to bar hopping with a bunch of the girls from the gym (laughs) and we were just having a blast and I had found this lump on my breast 
maybe two weeks before, whatever, you know, didn't think it was anything. Had asked my girlfriend who also worked out at the gym, who is an ultrasound tech at Hogue, if she would scan me just because it seemed easy. And she said no, because that's not what she does. She does, you know, more babies and stuff and doesn't do boobs. So I had an appointment at Kaiser to get it checked out. Almost blew it off, but went. And my doctor, um, she had said for sure it was not breast cancer the way it felt. And so peace of mind, you know, okay. Right, yeah, whatever. 100%. And then I... I was think I was just not really believing it. And I had told her maybe, you know, maybe there needs to be another test or something to be sure. So she did put in a ultrasound and went to that. And the nurse knew right away that that's what it was. She started talking to me about how her kids are the same age as my kids. And, you know, how old are you? And we're the same age. And she got really emotional. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is not good. Were you alone? I was alone because I didn't think, you didn't I think really you, didn't think yeah, it was yeah, anything. Yeah. yeah. How, how old were you? I was 34. You were 34. Mm-hmm. So you went in for the mammogram and it they couldn't, they couldn't find anything. They didn't even do a mammogram. They didn't it do a mammogram. It was just an ultrasound. Just the ultrasound. Mm-hmm. And that didn't find it? Or that's when, that, okay, that, that is did. when they found it, yeah. So the first doctor said no, because it was, she said it was marble smooth, and that's how she knew it wasn't. But then for peace of mind, I could go and get an ultrasound. So that, at that point, with that nurse is when Did you go back to that first doctor and just be like, here's for your peace of mind? It got back to her, and she called me one night at 10 o'clock at night and apologized, uh. and- I can't be she's mad human. about it. Like, she's, yeah, human. she's human. She's human. And well, hopefully that, that was a lesson. Was a lesson a le- yeah. Very great lesson. I mean, doctors are practitioners, right? Exactly. So she's practicing. Yeah. They're practicing on us, guys. <laughs> they exactly. might get exactly. it wrong. And it's okay. And it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. So you're 34. They gave you the diagnosis. What, what did they give you right away? What your stage was that? So when you went in and she was, your nurse was getting emotional, did was she, did she deliver your diagnosis that moment? She didn't. She called in the doctor, they did a biopsy. And then I think it was two days later, a nurse called me and told me for sure that it was stage one. Mm. And did you have any problems getting the old, getting into your, like getting into the doc? Cause you were 34. And so when you first called in for a breast concern, did they ever, do you think that your doctor was more of like, you're 34, you're too young? Oh, absolutely. That that was more yeah. of the mindset was. That was a big part of it. Why she thought that it was nothing too. So I want to encourage women. So sometimes I, I go into these soapboxes. I'm going to do it instead of ads on our podcast. I just, I educate. Uh, 7% of all breast cancer diagnosis are under 40. And so it happens. It just doesn't happen frequently enough for the system to maybe acknowledge it, you know, for it to be like, oh, like for me, it's like, it's possible. (laughs) So it's possible to have breast cancer under 40. Just wanted to clarify that (laughs) (laughs) to all the medical professionals out there listening, uh, listening in and taking women serious and saying you're a person. How about I just treat you as a person instead of a statistic? Definitely. so you get the phone call two days later. Where were you? Like, where were you at? Where I was at home on my sofa watching them play. <laughs> and yeah, and then they called. My husband was at work 
and my parents knew too. So I had called my husband, he came home and I called my parents and of course, you know, they were very, very hysterical about it. And, um, then it just seemed surreal, you know, like I, I didn't cry or anything. It was just like, how, how is this possible? Mm -hmm. Just kind of in shock. And what did the next few weeks look like? What treatments did you decide on? What, what, what were you offered? How soon Uh, did you have to get into treatment? I didn't get in as soon as I expected. And who took care of these lovely (laughs) girls? (laughs) My parents and my sister took care of them. Uh, I think it was maybe five weeks from when I got the call that everything started happening, which I thought it was incredibly slow. Mm -hmm. I just assumed it would be the next week. Like, oh, this is a serious matter. And the first oncologist I met did not love him. (laughs) He was, he did not sugarcoat anything and he just, he was just not a positive person. Mm -hmm. So then I switched, got a different oncologist. And at that point I did realize how serious it was and went for the extreme and had a double mastectomy and, Fortunately, I had implants currently, so my I have Kaiser insurance, and I do think they're awesome. They had their plastic surgeon and my general surgeon both in the exam room at the same time. My plastic surgeon had gotten every size implant and was just there just in case. They told me they didn't think it was possible, but just in case. Mm-hmm. And so I did that first, that was the surgery first, and they were able to slide some implants in. So I just got one surgery, which was fantastic. Slide them in. <laughs> <laughs> slide those suckers in, right? please. <laughs> so great. And then... That's I, pretty cool. You didn't have to go through the expansion, the yeah. expanders or any, anything. Yeah, it was fantastic. Hmm. I think for anyone who does have implants, definitely talk to your doctor about that because that was just such a game changer, only having one surgery. Of course, yeah. And then I think it was five, af- five weeks after that, I started chemo. Mm-hmm. And did that for six months, and then I was triple positive. So I had to do the Herceptin for a year, and then Zolodex, and then now I'm on Lupron. How do you feel? Great, actually. Since I went off Zolodex, <laughs> Lupron is a dream. I feel really great. <laughs> and how? So did you did you know about barbells for boobs, or were, did you? Did you have some awareness from your gym? Yeah, so from my gym. You had already done the fundraiser. Mm-hmm. And, wow. Yes. And and I feel like f- when you were diagnosed, we didn't have the p- current programs that we have. Right, no. It's How changed How cool a is it lot. now to it's see this so evolution? Great. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so how'd your husband hold up during this entire time? Great. Yeah, he is. He's my rock for sure. And the girls? And the girls. Actually, it's funny. Violet just said this week that uh, um, something had happened and it brought it up with her that she said she's so glad that she was so little because she didn't know how serious it was because they were so little as opposed to being nine now and they're so much more aware. They would understand it a little bit deeper now. Exactly. Wow. Uh So when did you get back in, into the gym? Like, what did that process well, look like? And how long did it take you? And kind of walk through that. It took me a lot longer than I expected. Because when I was diagnosed, I was the fittest I've ever been in my life. I was hitting the gym almost every day. I was eating super clean. Everything was great. Like, it was just unreal that it all happened at that point when I was so healthy. 
But going back to the gym after going so much, and I did try to go during chemo as long as I could. And it wasn't until I started getting sick with, you know, like germs and stuff that I just had Mm. to kind of isolate myself from everywhere. But then even going back after the year, I thought I would just kind of bounce back and I did not. And I couldn't keep up in the classes. So then I started doing um, personal training just to try to take a slower pace and now being five years, like now I feel like I did. I feel back to my strength. I can keep up in the classes. I'm totally back. It's like it didn't happen. Wow. And are you there? Are you a part of the DXR program? Yes. I just finished my year. Yes. (laughs) October 1st. You just finished your year? October 1st was my year. Yeah. So that was a huge help to why I feel the way I feel. So again, we our previous podcast, we've ha- we have one previous podcast where we talk about this, but for those of you that don't know, the DX Darks um, is a scholarship program. It's we're actually going to be evolving it into an assessment program because that has an option for scholarship because I think that we should be assessing your fitness regardless if you need the financial support or not. Like I think that there's there's women out there right now that are like we don't need the financial help, but I think that it's still really important that we we are a place where we hold you accountable to your fitness and we track it and we help you with that progress. Um, and so we are really trying to advocate that the XTARX just is more of an assessment program. And so it's a scholarship program. So we fund a year of your CrossFit gym membership, um, or a gym membership. I know we just did one with Equinox and we have a weightlifting gym that's a part of the program. So so it doesn't have to just be CrossFit guys. Uh, we, we believe in fitness <laughs> and getting strong. So, so that's what the program is. So you just finished it. What was your biggest surprise in your assessment? So I know that we tracked the assessment in the beginning. What did, was there, what was the biggest change you saw in your progress? And I feel like I didn't see the biggest change until maybe like three-fourths in and then it started being drastic like my reach mobility Mm. and things like that that like my mile my mile run got down too but (laughs) right but you know it's like the other things just like mobility things that really surprised me that improved do the girls do crossfit or they do (laughs) (laughs) do you all enjoy it yeah (laughs) what else do you do Snowboarding. You snowboard. <laughs> How did you get them into snowboarding? I mean, obviously you go to a mountain and you put a snowboard yeah, on them. So this probably how you start. Is, was a big <laughs> snowboarder. He grew up in Denver, so he's from the snow. And then last year he heard about that Mammoth has a team, and so we thought, well, we'll try it. And the girls both made the team. And last year was our first year. Now we're going on to year two. Is that hard because it's in Big Bear? Like, how does that work? It's in Mammoth, yeah. So <laughs> like it's, it's hard for me to get or five sorry, and a half in, hours. In Mammoth. Yeah. So how, t- just because <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I'm like, soccer practice, I get. It's at the park that it's in five minutes from your house. How does this work? Last year, they had practice um, every holiday. And then Saturday and Sunday, all day. It's from nine to three. And then they have a lunch break. And so we would go up usually Thursday nights and their teachers, their third grade teachers at their school were awesome and would help us with keeping them on track and being flexible with going. Even the principal of their school said dancers miss more school than they miss with snowboarding. So it was great. So it just worked. We would just go on the weekends. 
it, it was. And then this year now they're on the next level. So practices Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, half day, and then Saturday and Sunday. So that's why we decided to do the homeschooling. This is every week? This is every week. It starts November 9th. And then how long does it go for? Till April. So do you go up to Mammoth? <laughs> we Right now, my sound engineer just brought up the map of our current location to Mammoth. And it's a five, a six hour drive right now, at least. And you have to go through LA. Well, you don't have to, I guess. We go you go to LA. Mammoth. So you guys go to Mammoth from Wednesday to Sunday. During so that time frame. This year we're gonna we're planning to stay for two weeks and then one week down and two weeks up and one week. Do you week have down. a cabin like ha- we do, we have a condo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so this is what brought you to to the conclusion of homeschooling. Exactly. And their teachers kind of backed it last year. They said if you're gonna move to Mammoth this year or look for some other type of education, this is the year to do it. And then Maybe we'll come back for fifth, or maybe we'll still be doing snowboard team. Maybe we'll go back for sixth. Do I you don't know. ever see yourself moving to Mammoth? The girls want to, especially Violet. <laughs> Your husband, I'm sure, wouldn't like kick and scream. <laughs> yeah, he would. I'm sure he would like to too. But work wise, I can work remotely, no problem. But he needs to be. He needs here. to be here. Yeah. Wow. And so this is your first year homeschooling. Yes. How's that going? It's going good. It's been more intense than I expected, but it's been a lot of fun. I, I, I've always had this dream that I would homeschool my son. And then you just, reality is like, it's, almost, it's like it's a, another commitment, a huge commitment. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If you want to do it right and exactly. well. Exactly. And you don't and want so your kids to fall behind. So you have, have to, to be on it. Wow. They go to a campus on Tuesdays and they do archery, cooking, math, science, and English. Okay. And then that that kind of dictates what they do education-wise the rest of the week. And then I fill it in with field trips and fun science experiments and things like that. Like yesterday we went to Oak Glen and picked out our pumpkins and cut them off the vine and learned how old... In the old days, the things that they did. Can I just drop my son off and you can homeschool him too? <laughs> we can start a little school, take him up to Mammoth, you guys. I'll come and be like support system. <laughs> wow, you guys have a really cool life. You know that, right? Yeah. You, know, you do know that. Your mom has created a really cool life for you. Do you think that you, being a breast cancer survivor... Did that help you make the decision to give them a really special life? Definitely. Like you only live once. Like let's, you only get to parent once. Exactly. Let's do it to the extreme. (laughs) Yes. Make every day the fullest. That is absolutely my attitude. So beautiful. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you. Like this is, I, I, I envy you, you know, I envy that, that, you know, you're able to provide for your girls in that way. That's, that's incredible. Thank so you. So incredible. Um, so you still getting your fitness on? Absolutely. Do you go, is there a mammoth CrossFit up there that you go and that I we need to connect you with? Yet. I've been, I've just been going to Snow Creek, their athletic center and okay. kind of doing whatever the guys tell me at La Salle gym to do, especially Mark, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just try to do that up there, but I haven't found a gym yet. 
There's a mammoth CrossFit. Oh, oh there we go. We're looking. We're looking it up right now. If anybody knows if there's a CrossFit gym in the mammoth area, let us know so that we can get Deanna up there. Well, there's some. There's okay. some up there. We're gonna find something. <laughs> we will get you connected. So you're back in the gym. You find yes. time to work out for yourself. Yes. Do the so when you're homeschooling, you're on your own program. So do they just go and work out with you? And today they did. Today we went and worked out at nine thirty, and they had they're writing a report. So they just worked on their rough draft the whole hour that I worked out, and then it, it was great. It's fine. And what what does off season look like? It's just CrossFit for them and like, swimming and swimming. Yes. Hmm. Wow. I want to be, can I, can you adopt me? <laughs> I want to just hang out with you guys all day and learn what you're learning. Um, who, like what, what does today look like for you? Like if you can go back and say, this was the Deanna before I was diagnosed with breast cancer and now going through treatment, surviving it, making some really drastic changes in your family dynamic, like, who are you today? Hmm. Like, are you bolder? Are you like, I, I, I feel like breast cancer gives you 10 additional years. Like you get to live 10 years in like one year, like the life lessons that you would get and the things that you kind of, your perspective changes, like almost like becoming a mom. It's this, you get this crazy, like 10 years of like life experience the first year. You're like, oh, <laughs> I didn't kill this little person and it survived a year with me because I got home and had no idea what to do with it. So I, I think the same thing in cancer where you get this unique lens on life. So tell me what that did for you and who you are today because of that. Um, I think that we definitely, I definitely do more things. I try more things. Like you try Oh, I tried skiing. Um, I'm working on. I'm working on my my high, scared of heights. <laughs> and you go up to Mammoth. This is amazing. Do you ever go up and do you snowboard? No, I tried snowboarding when I was a teenager and in my early twenties, and it's it was terrible. Right? So now I'm almost forty. I'm not going to do it now. And then I tried to ski, and I tried skiing. I had a good time. Then I tried again and then I fell really hard. And then I just thought about my surgeries and yeah. like, I think I'm good. I'm just going to hang out. Just going to go to the gym. <laughs> go to the gym, go to the inner tube park. I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> totally. 100%. So you've gotten what? Less fear? Less fear, I think. Definitely. And just, yeah, that appreciation of living every day to the fullest because you aren't promised tomorrow and even more than a disease, it's like our freeways are scary enough, you yeah. know, like just, well, anything just can every happen. Day. Yeah, yeah. Anything can happen. In just an trying instant. to do as much as we can. What did you think? How did you find out that we had started changing our direction and, and really bringing the resources after diagnosis to life as for programs and support for survivors? How did you find out about that? I found out from Alex at Beach Fitness. She Alex, texted yes. me. <laughs> so it, for anybody listening, if you're a coach, you matter. Like you are so important to to our work, to survivors, because you're, you're there's, they're the voice for us. Like if Alex wasn't involved and continuing to educate herself on our programs because she's a big fundraiser for us. And what I love about our fundraisers is you guys 
they really do care about what we're doing and they're so engaged with what we're doing. And so, um, I want to give a shout out to Alex from beach fitness because she, she just goes above and beyond every single year. And you all just had your event on October 5th, right? Yes. We're pulling up the photo now. Look at that. So cool. Where are you? I wasn't there that day. Oh, I remember. <laughs> I was out of Charlie town was like, that we weekend. changed the day because yeah, yeah. I can't be there. It was too oh, bad. Oh, my son's there. Aww. Who's our son? Was Joe there? What's he looking at? Tits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I should have said boobs. Um, is that your cop friend, Joe? Oh, that's cool. I didn't know he can't, he went. Wow. It's well, duh. <laughs> um, are these events different for you now as a survivor? Than oh, before? absolutely. Yeah. When I did it last year, last year was the first year that I participated since mm-hmm. my diagnosis. And what a day. I mean, that was huge. It was so exciting that I could do it. And I felt great. I felt so strong leaving that event. It was fantastic. And I actually ran into a friend. He's in this picture from high school. I hadn't seen since high school. And his mom had passed away from breast cancer. And it's like, oh, my goodness. And he, you know, does it every year and mm. just brings you together with more people. Like I've met a lot of I've met so many good friends from this. Well, that's that, that's one thing that I always um, I, I when the impact that the fundraisers do in the communities, you know, we have probably. 350, 400 events happening in October throughout the world. And when I've been to a, me going to a Barbells for Boobs event, watching what happens there is really incredible. It's impactful because especially if you have a survivor in your community. And so it's almost like the community gets to come together and really acknowledge the survivor. And I think that that's so important, but it's not only that, but it's like, some people don't even know she's a survivor and they're like, wait a minute, I work out with you every day and I didn't know this about you. Or the, you see the 6 a.m.ers meet the 4 p.m.ers and, and then like the community comes together. And so I've always been like, wow, we could never even raise money. And we've done something really great and have made some impact in that community. Absolutely. So do you, would you agree with that? Oh, you've absolutely. seen that with Beach Fitness in the community? Yes. So, so, so incredible. So many people on this photo that you know. There's so many people in this photo that I know. There's Liz in there. Oh, I see. I was going to say, is that Liz? There's Charlene. There's Charlene. That's There's my Alex sister. The There's Alex. There's Melissa who just did Yes, a Melissa just did a podcast. Who is the girl standing next to my son, though? That's what I'm really curious about. <laughs> <laughs> standing next to my son and my husband. Who are you, boob lady? What are you doing? She had her. <laughs> she had her what? Hand on man. Yeah. <laughs> well, he is a boob man, so <laughs> respectfully so. Wow. So you found out from Alex about our programs. What did, did you take action right away to to get involved with us? And I did. Were you? Because we already had the support group. Were you part of the the Facebook peer to peer support group? I think, yeah, I was already part of the okay. Facebook page. Yeah. And so did you kind of, did you contact us and get in the loop with things? How long did that take you? How long have you been a part of the resources after diagnosis? Actually really quick. Yeah. I 
I joined. It. Of course, you are so proactive. I joined a lot of Facebook pages right right away. <laughs> and they've been so helpful. And I try to always jump on there and help, especially being a five-year survivor now. And usually it's people who are just diagnosed that are on there because I know that was me. And they're asking questions. And, and you're wanna, so scared. Yeah. And you don't see, you know, the other side yet. Like, you're just so in it thinking, oh, my gosh, am I going to make it? And so I try to go on there and just be a positive outlook for Words people. Words of wisdom. Words of experience. That's, and everyone is for sure so different, but, you know, just to stay positive. Well, you you have it, you get to, and again, I'll say that community is such a niche of a niche. You know, it's like, I'm a breast cancer survivor. Oh, I'm a young breast cancer survivor. I'm a CrossFitter too. Like the group is, so, so really what I think that CrossFit is, is more of a mindset is I'm going to challenge myself and it's going to hurt and it's going to suck and I'm going to get uncomfortable, but I'm going to get through this. And so it's that mindset because I've heard from a lot of women that there's other great support groups out there, but the difference is the mindset that's in our support group and the women that really want to be, um, take their, their, their diagnosis and be positive about it and really have a positive mindset about it where, um, I've heard some other support groups. It's very like sad and almost reliving the, the, the diagnosis. So do you feel that same way? Yeah, definitely. Well, we're just cool. <laughs> <laughs> do you girls know what breast cancer is? Not really. Not really? I mean, you understand it? Do yeah. you understand it? Do you understand it? This is going to be, this is, this is a course today. This is class, breast cancer class. What do you guys think it is? Uh-huh. Go ahead, Violet. Give her the mic. Violet, what's breast cancer? I don't know. What do you think it is? This is an exam, homeschool exam. Just say whatever you think. Yeah. What's the first thing that comes to your head? What was the scariest part for you when I lost my hair? Yes, <gasps> that's a bigger thing. Yeah, that was. I don't know. Well, give her the mic. Give her the mic. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know it was happening. You didn't know it was happening. Did it scare you? Not too bad, but I didn't. It was scary because I didn't know if what it was and why it was happening. Mm. Did it make you, did, was it more like, were you scared for your mom? Like you didn't want her to feel bad or was it more of like you thought your mom was sick? More like I thought my mom was sick. Yeah. Cause even with my mom and when my mom's sick, I feel like, what is this? Did you want to? Why? Did you want to fix her? Mm-hmm. Did you ever think about giving your hair to her? No. <laughs> <laughs> but they did love to plan my wigs. Oh, <laughs> but she's she's good now, right? Do you feel like she's she's good? Well, here I'm going to tell you what breast cancer is. You ready? Mm-hmm. One in eight. Do you know what that fraction is? One in eight? You're working on fractions. Fractions. Right now. One over one eight. One and over eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One in eight women. So if we have eight women, one of them is going to get diagnosed with what your mom has in her lifetime. 
Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's a lot of people. So if you think about, do you have friends? You have a lot of girlfriends? Yeah. So I want you to know that that that's, it happens to one in eight women in their lifetime. That's a lot of women, huh? Too many. Too many. But so they get sick a little bit and then they get better and they they might lose their hair. So all it is, is we all have cells in our body. We all have cancerous cells. Unfortunately, all of our cells might get, might respond to cancer. And that's all it is. Nobody's immune to it. We might get it one in eight, but your mom is solid proof that you can come out of it really, really beautiful and strong. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Breast cancer 101, homeschool today. <laughs> so now, what is breast cancer? Breast cancer is a one in eight. One in eight. Anymore. <laughs> you done? That was it? <laughs> what is breast cancer? Uh, one in eight people can get breast cancer and... um. Everyone has a chance of getting it, but you can uh, get cured by it and still be beautiful in the way you were before. Oh, I love that. You know what? My job is done. My job. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. Yes. That was powerful. Oh, Deanna, what's been your biggest lesson from breast cancer? Probably just to know your own body and the just the way that the doctors didn't know where I kind of had a gut feeling and follow you, follow your gut follow your gut and just you know your body so much more you know if a lump is going to appear that wasn't there before as opposed to going and seeing a doctor you see once a year who they don't know they see so many people every day like you just need to know your body and I think that doctors are scared. Again, they're practicing and they might mess up. Absolutely. And if you, you definitely know your body better than the doctor that sees you once a year. Definitely. 100%. If there was a woman that was diagnosed today, would you recommend them to contact Barbells for Boobs? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And I have. Um, and why do you think, what has Barbells Rubes done for you? Why, why is it so important that survivors know about our program now? That it gives you that support group, which I think is number one that you need when you get diagnosed and just having that for other people to, you know, ask what, you know, it's just such a blur when you get diagnosed mm-hmm. and just to have that. And then for my friends that I work out with who, who have been diagnosed to have something to keep you going, because I think you need it even more than physical. You need it mentally to mm-hmm. just keep keep going and try to keep your life as normal as possible. Mind, body, soul. Exactly. You got to get all, keep, keep, keep it all going. Is there anything else you guys want to share? Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> no, no. When does snowboarding start again? November. It's coming up. Ninth, November 9th. Wow. You are doing a fantastic job raising these girls. Oh, thank you so much. This is really inspiring. And for anybody listening out there, if you all could just see how beautiful these three are. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yes. Thank you for coming out and making 
the Behind the Brawl podcast, a curriculum course today. <laughs> it's awesome. Educating young girls on breast cancer and young boys, I think is so important. And I didn't know what breast cancer was when I was 29. So the fact that today we have two nine-year-olds sitting here that can kind of articulate it <laughs> way better than I could have <laughs> at 29. <laughs> so thanks for being on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing your Thank story. Thank you for having us. Yes. Um, all right. Well, we'll leave with the words of trust your gut. Yeah, trust your gut. And it's lights out. <laughs> <laughs>